Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. From the Athletic, our friend Rich Rowley wrote a great piece about how inevitable this Juan Soto trade may be. Rick, good afternoon. Thanks for the time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. So let's get to this here. How inevitable is this? Is this one of those things, and I'd love for you to, to, to kind of to, to weigh in on, on my view of it. I got the sense the Nationals basically said, this is as far as we can go, so what's the next best option? And it's to kind of go down this road. How inevitable is a trade of Juan Soto? It seems inevitable. And, you know, I wrote this column, as as you mentioned, for The Athletics, saying exactly that. And, you know, people have been like, well, how can you say that? Well, first off, I hope I'm wrong. But in talking to people over the last couple days, and just in kind of reading the tea leaves here, you're right. They have made three formal offers now. And I think the, the devil is in the details. You know, Scott Boris, Juan Soto's agent, did not counter. This isn't a situation where the sides feel like they're close. I think even as early as a month ago, when Mike Rizzo on 106.7 said we're not trading Juan Soto, they were pretty confident that they were going to be able to reach an extension. But it has become increasingly evident that that number is going to have to be much higher. We're not talking about 10 or 20 million higher. We're talking much, much higher than that for him to agree to a deal. And so I think if you're the Nationals, watching the way the Bryce Harper thing played out, how can you afford to not explore trade options for him? How can you afford to not take a farm system that is still ranked very low in Major League Baseball and have an opportunity to replenish that? Because the alternative is Juan Soto walks in two and a half years and we watch the team kind of meander through like we're watching them this year, and then you get nothing. Yeah, I think that's the dilemma. And and here's what I think, Britt. And again, I, I just I want your opinion on this as, as someone who's so close to it. I think the learners are suffering from the sins of the past. And what I mean is, if if like if this is the Yankees and they lose Aaron Judge, Yankee fans, I mean, they might be irrational. Benny from the Bronx might call and scream. But for the most part, you're going, yeah, we'll probably be really good still. We're going to go get somebody else. The Nationals have basically hand-delivered a, no, we're not going to pay this guy, but we'll pay the next guy. Well, we'll pay the next guy. We'll pay the next guy. And now there aren't any more guys coming, and it's this is the best one of them all. 
and you're going to lose him. And I think I think it's more that than it is maybe this specific situation. Your thoughts? No, yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think you know the learners probably thought in getting this out there that our fans will understand. But I think they also maybe didn't realize how upset this fan base is over losing, as you said, star after star already after DC, out of DC. So mm-hmm. it's kind of built up. And you know, I do think if they don't sign Aaron Judge in New York, people will be very upset. But guess what? If they don't sign Aaron Judge, they could probably pay Juan Soto, right? There's very few markets that are going to be in on a Juan Soto, and I think that the Yankees and Mets are certainly two of those in that big New York market. But yeah, it's it's a tired act for Nationals fans, and and I do empathize with you know people who have followed this team, people who never really got to celebrate after they won in 2019, and have just watched star after star either leave of their own volition or be traded away. Let's not forget that, you know, last year's trade deadline, while you can argue that it was necessary, it was a gut punch to a lot of people, especially losing Trey Turner, who was not a free agent to be. I think a lot of people understood, you know, trading Max Scherzer, but people kind of scratched their heads at at Trey Turner, and I know that Grant was one of them who who was pretty, you know, upset about that trade, and I get it. You know, a lot of people don't think they got full value, so... Now, the, on the flip side is, can they actually get full value for a Juan Soto in a trade? Rich Rulli of The Athletic with us here on g and And that's my follow-up question here, Britt. What is fair value? I, I I think you put this in your column, although I've read so much the last couple of days, my eyes are bleeding basically just, just on this topic. But So I apologize if this wasn't you. But there's no way to win this deal if you're the Nationals. There's no way to get value. There's no way to get one for one. You just do the best you can and maybe close your eyes and hope. I think you referenced the Miguel Cabrera deal years ago that looked at the time like pretty good. And, of course, in retrospect, we know it wasn't. What would a package look like, and is there any way for the Nationals to come out uh, ahead? Yeah, you're right. I did say they can't win because there is no way. There we go. Especially if they trade them at the trade deadline, which I don't think is going to happen, Danny. I think – it's too much to try to squeeze in a franchise-altering trade in the next two weeks. I think letting teams know he's available sends a sign to Soto's camp that, one, we're done with you, we're frustrated, we don't care if people know, we want them to know you turned down the deal. And two, I think it was a little early ringing the alarms for every other team, you know, not just the ones in the pennant race, because I would be surprised if they were able to find a deal that was even close in value to a Juan Soto. Um, you know, the Athletic did an exercise with 10 teams where they had potential deals, and all of them were laughable. I mean, they weren't even close to a Juan Soto value. So I think you're probably waiting until this winter, and even then it's going to be very tough to get something that is going to say, yeah, that was worth trading a, a generational baseball player who just finished his age 23 season. You know, I think you have to look at it as, all right, you know, do they wait till this winter? Do they wait till next trade deadline? Do they wait till a new ownership group is in place? And then really look at this thing – you know, a little a little closer and say, okay, we can maybe get enough value back of Juan Soto now that he's under two years. But I think it's almost impossible to get anything resembling a value of Juan Soto right now at this trade deadline. It would require not only prospects, but just big league-ready player guys. Mm-hmm. It would require teams to just empty their farm systems. And even then, people would be like, well, the Nats didn't win this trade, which is just how absurd all of this is. Yeah, so Britt, you mentioned new ownership, and I think that's the that's the catalyst here. I think that's the what, the accelerant. To me, I think you know you could keep this negotiation going. You could go back and forth. You could have a conversation. But I think they want new ownership in place by these owners' meetings in November—a lofty goal potentially. But I think that's what everybody sorts to want. I think the learners want out and how. I think they've popped smoke and, and are 
you know, pulling the ripcord. They want off. So I think that was kind of part of this and why this this may get going pretty quickly. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a huge part of this. It's the elephant in the room. And I think it's twofold, really. I think the learners want to kind of solidify their quote-unquote legacy by saying, hey, we're the ones who signed Juan Soto. We kept him here. We won a World Series, and we kept Juan Soto here. I mean, that's a hell of a legacy for an ownership group to pass on. It's also you know, something that's going to make buyers, it's going to make the price better. It's going to make buyers say, oh, we've already got a generational talent locked up, right? So it certainly helps in that regard. I don't think just throw $500 million, $600 million at this guy. It's not their money anyway. But it's a fine line, right? You yep. want a new ownership group to come in and say, hey, we have Juan Soto locked up. You don't want a new ownership group to come in and say, oh, my God, we're paying this guy $50 million a year for the next 12, 15 years. How are we going to feel the team? Right? So I think it really is going to depend on who this new ownership group is. And, you know, I said it this morning, and I'll say it again. I think it sounds crazy, but honestly, the best-case scenario is that this group decides to trade him. And then a group comes in that is like, let's go win back Juan Soto in free agency. And you've replenished your, your farm system. And all it takes is money, a lot of money, mind you, but yeah. money, a Steve Cohen type of owner, to bring back a Juan Soto. And he doesn't have these feelings of resentment because it's a new ownership group. I think a lot of what's happened now is this relationship is very fractured. He was very upset. It leaked out. So it's kind of the pie in the sky pipe dream. But the best case scenario is trading him before the learners leave and having a new owner who says, wait a minute, bring my star back, I'll pay whatever. And then you're looking at a national team that you know, maybe is on the fast track to success. That I love that pie-in-the-sky scenario, by the way, and it's good what I'm going to tell myself when I, my head hits the pillow tonight so that I can fall asleep. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rich Rowley, the athletic with us here on, on G&D. So to your point, though, about, about having a star and still building a team, what is an appropriate walk-away point, right? I, so I think for this ownership group, it was $440 million, But there's not a great precedent for paying one star and then winning an awful lot. Now, just because just it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't. But kind of my, my point that I've made here for the first hour plus of the show is nobody has been better in the month of July than Juan Soto. Hitting 410, getting on base at a 567 clip. His slugging percentage is 864 with a 1.43 OPS. Six homers. He's been unbelievable. The Nats are 2-14 and 14 in July. One player can't do it all. That's just not how this game is. This isn't basketball. This isn't you know a, a quarterback in, in sports. The Nationals have holes. You've already mentioned the farm system. At the big league level, they did improvements at, at, at probably six uh, position players. They need three or four top-line pitchers to start getting back to being able to compete just in this division because the Braves have their act together. The Mets are, are going to be good. You mentioned Steve Cohen already. I think the Phillies will never, never stop trying. They may have like... 27 sluggers at one point uh, that they're going to pay an outrageous amount of money to. But the division isn't going anywhere. This is an uphill climb to kind of get back to your, your same position. One player isn't going to do it. What is an appropriate walkaway point for this organization or for any? Right. That's why I think 
You know, if if you could sign him for four seventy five, or if they thought they were close, right, yep. at all with this four forty figure, but I had somebody tell me that they were over a hundred million dollars away. Whoa. So again, right, isn't that a walk away? Because as I wrote in my column, you're seeing a team with just Juan Soto and nothing else. It's not fun. There is nothing fun about watching this team. And when you look at attendance and you will look at what really drives attendance, it's winning. It's not stars. And anyone who's been in that park this year can tell you attendance is down. People aren't just going to pay to see Juan Soto. They may if they're out of town, but national fans want winning. Fan bases want winning. That is the real driver of ticket sales, the real driver of revenue. And you have to be careful saddling yourselves in a position where all we can do is have Juan Soto and maybe one other player. I mean, the Angels have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, two generational stars, and they're still terrible. So I think you do have to be careful. And it's funny, I was talking to B. Mitch and Finley earlier today, and B. Mitch was like, well, all players care about is, you know, the AAV, and you you got to keep your stars. And yes, in basketball, yes, in football, in baseball, lots of times these big, big deals don't translate into the team winning. In fact, they translate into crippling the franchise for the near future. So... I'm not saying that Juan Soto isn't worth more than 440. I'm not saying that it's, he needs to go. I would love for him to stay in a Nats uniform. I think the fan base deserves for him to stay in the uniform for the next decade plus. I'm just wondering what are the long-term ramifications of signing Juan Soto to a half a billion dollar deal. Britt, let's jump into a little bit what you mentioned about a fracturing here. Um, I, that's something that I, I hadn't really thought of. I thought of this as kind of a good-natured thing. You know, we everybody loves each other. We're offering you a huge amount of money because we think you're great. I'm not going to take it because I know I'm great, but thanks. Everybody's sort of happy. I hadn't considered the possibility, and it's obvious now that you mentioned it, that at the ownership level, there may be a, kind of a divide now between Soto and his camp and, uh, and, and, and the learners or, and, you know, kind of the front office, et cetera, over this. I'd love for you to expound on that. Yeah, it just, you know, we heard for years about this special relationship, right, between Boris and the learners. And, you know, obviously, as David Aldridge wrote today in The Athletic, but that means nothing. It comes down to money. And I think that Boris and Soto were upset that the number leaked. And so that certainly isn't helping. And the only reason the number leaked, which was clearly on the national side, is because they want people to know that they tried, which signals that they are done trying, right? If they had a $500 million offer in hand, if they were like, you know, we can go up to 500. They wouldn't be leaking 440, right? So it just shows you that they are probably done. Maybe they come up a little bit, but this is about it here. They want people to know Juan Soto turned down more money than Mike Trout is going to make over his contract, right? And Scott Boris and Juan Soto want you to know that his AAV's average annual value is only 19th in all of baseball. So you're seeing these things leak out, and you're seeing these opposing sides of this. Oh, the learners tried versus, oh, Soto got lowballed. And I just think that it certainly doesn't make its way into good negotiations. I mean, there's nothing to suggest the Nationals are going to make another offer. And so I do think that this relationship is a little bit fractured now. I do think Soto was very hurt that this leaked out. And as you said, the learners have one foot out the door, so they don't really need to sit there and play nice with Scott Boris for much longer. So I think having that new ownership group in place is going to kind of give you that fresh slate a little bit because it just doesn't seem – like there's any kind of forward momentum at all. In fact, you know, I think the Nationals, the reason they have the old for sale sign in front of Soto is because they're frustrated and they thought that they had a chance of signing him. So these have kind of reached really a peak and there's nowhere else to go from here but to pivot toward trading him. 
Uh, it's it's listen for, from Soto's perspective because it wasn't his fault that this happened, but it's tough for me to kind of accept uh, any lament from Boris and company about offers leaking out. You know what I mean? Like the, that he they went on the Bryce Harper victory tour once they had a three hundred million dollar offer in hand, and then then of course Bryce went and told everybody that well it was deferred money. What does that do for my family? You know as uh, as as so that whole set of negotiations went. But I digress. Ultimately, Britt, what's the timeline here? Where do you think this goes? You mentioned it, it'll be tough this this season. You make a good case for that. Next year trade deadline, like, can we go into spring training with this kind of hanging over everybody's head? Just what do you think the timeline ultimately is for the Nationals, uh, Soto, and and you know the, the the highest bidder? You you could go into spring training. I would hope by next spring they would have a little more more clarity, um, especially at the ownership level, right? I would hope that they would have something in place and no one way or the other. I think the learners want this done because it's such a huge component of selling the team, right? Do you have Juan Soto locked up or do you not? Is Juan Soto on your team or is he not? So I think that this probably is something that needs to get resolved. If not in weeks or so, then this offseason. Um, I have a hard time believing next July we're still talking about mm-hmm. what should they do with Juan Soto. I think you have to, at that point, make some kind of decision. But again, there's no, you have him for two and a half years. There's no huge deadline. Maybe you get an ownership group that says, you know what, you tried. You know, we're fine if you want to keep him. Now we're going to take our best swing. You know, that could happen as well. I think it's so tough to predict what's going to happen, Danny, because we don't know who's running this team, which adds such an extra element, really an unprecedented element. Um, When you look around the sport, how many teams have ever tried to negotiate with an ownership group that may not be here in a few months? with a generational star. It just adds so much uncertainty to all this that it's very tough to come up with a timeline. But I think a perfect world scenario is this offseason. You figure something out. Mike Rizzo only has one more year. Davey Martinez only has one more year. Um, You know, you kind of give them a chance. You give Rizzo in particular an opportunity to really kind of move this rebuild along if you say, hey, trade Juan Soto now. Rip, you're the best. Busy day for you, I know. I appreciate you carving out some time for us. Really informative. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Have a great rest of your day.